This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Pep Guardiola, a titan of the game, and his band of warriors ground out a narrow victory in the shadow of Mount Olympus and will return home from their Athenian trials with the most super of cups. A 15th trophy for Pep Guardiola City, a 41st in City's history. It's Thursday, the 17th of August. I'm Andrew Detmer. I'm Joe Ritchie. And this is the City Report Podcast. It's here for good to win! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Well, Joe, our, our merry band of misfits will return home with the most super of cups. How are you feeling? <laughs> hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Uh, I'm feeling good. Yeah, this felt like a slightly elevated community shield for me in that like, even when the game got to penalties, I just wasn't really that nervous. Um, I obviously wanted City to win, but going into it, it was more, I'd rather them just come back home healthy, and if they win the cup, great. But if not, it's not going to hang over what was a great season and hopefully what will be a great season this year. So I'm happy overall. Um, Good to see some debuts and some some overall performances that we'll definitely dive into. But uh, how'd you feel about the match? 
I'm I'm ecstatic, man. Look, I want us to have one of every trophy in the cabinet. I want <laughs> to I want City to win every trophy. I don't care if people think, oh, it's a Mickey Mouse Cup or it's not a real like. It's a real trophy. People treat it seriously. It's got a lot of history. You only get it by winning one of you know the top two European competitions. I do wonder like. What, what what's the Europa Conference League winner got to do to get some respect <laughs> around here? Like they're just like, oh, we we get nothing. Like what? Yeah, they're a little like, late to the party. I feel like at this point they need to add like it's basically the Europa League and the European Conference League winners play each other for the honor of playing the Champions League winner. I have this sick feeling that what it's going to be is in a year or two they're going to do the Conference League winner plays the Saudi League winner, and it's just going to be a money run cup like you've never seen before that's that's fair but um i think that's enough general chat so yeah this is obviously going to be a show largely about the super cup we'll talk a little bit about some of the players and some implications for the season more broadly because of that um and then tomorrow's episode will get you ready for newcastle because the season is fully in and upon us and uh things are moving thick and fast um but turning to the first kind of thought, Joe, that I have is how did you feel about the overall performance? It, the first half, obviously, I don't think anyone would say it was great, but we're only a few matches into City playing together at all this season. So do you think it's just a bit of we always look this way this early in the season or is there something more here? Yeah, I I didn't really, I mean, it wasn't great. Let's just call a spade a spade. It wasn't great. Um, it was pretty sloppy. I think on another day, City probably could have lost 2-3-0. Um, it just, it, it it wasn't an overall great performance. Um, but with that said, and, and this is kind of my overarching feeling, feeling for the entire podcast, is like, it's August. We had a short preseason. We had a short offseason. The players still are coming off what was a, very long, albeit very successful season. And this is a lineup like I feel like we're saying more and more now that, I mean, with new signings, obviously, but that we've never seen before. And, and for anyone to expect that going against a, a team like Sevilla, who, yes, maybe don't win La Liga year after year, but are a very accomplished European side, thinking it would be easy is just foolish. So um, was it City's best performance? No. Was there positives that we can take from the match moving forward for the rest of the season? Certainly. So at the end of the day, they, they did enough to, to put themselves in a position to win it on penalties, which to the surprise of, I think a lot of people they did. Um, so yeah. And that, that's at this point in competitions like this one-off games, that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, I would rather us be ready to go at the back end of the season and be in correct kind of fighting shape then, than do what companies Burnley did, although, you know, they're looking at kind of different scenarios, but where they had so much of a preseason that they are far, not far, they are much further along, I should say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, their fitness and their understanding and city did have two debutantes kind of in the squad in the sense that two people who haven't played with city other than this summer, um, and then you have Palmer, who still is on limited minutes in the squad. Um, so to me, I don't think it's totally surprising. We're also playing without Kev. But I will say two players that I think it's interesting. Let's kind of stick with the not-so-great theme, which is that 
neither Foden nor Holland had much of an impact. And in the absence of KDB, you'd be looking at those two to step up if you were asking kind of your general football fan of, okay, Kevin De Bruyne is not with City right now. Who do you expect to step up? And I think most people would say those two players. Right. And they didn't really step up. And that's now, you know, several games in a row that some might point to that Holland has not had, you know, a great performance. Yeah, it's it's kind of a sensitive topic in that one, obviously, what Holland did last season speaks for itself, right? It's a record-breaking season in so many ways, individually and collectively. Um, so what I'm about to say is not uh, to, to bash on Holland. It's more just to speak about what we've seen recently. Um, this was, for me, probably his, I'm not going to say worst, because I don't think it's fair to say worst, but probably his least impactful game since he signed for the club. Um, and what I mean by that is he wasn't, you know, he's not like a defender where, you know, Kyle Walker, for example, having, you know, turning the ball over in key areas. He's not a midfielder who's misplacing passes left, right, and center. He's a player who, when he has his off days, he's truly just not involved. Um, and, and that was really the case for, for 90 minutes tonight. Um, he had six of eight passes and a total of, uh, 15 touches. And, and obviously, as we know, that was, you know, all the pundits wanted to talk about the touches, the touches, the touches last season. We know that that largely doesn't matter, but in a game like this and in, you know, any cup final we saw last season or a lot, a handful of the big matches, the, the problem with having a player like Holland in the squad is that he needs delivery. And when you go against a disciplined side and experienced side like Sevilla, they're not going to give him that space. So it kind of brings you down a man where when city were playing that false nine system, that we were all used to, you have another, you know, it's a Phil Foden up top. It's a Raheem Sterling up top, a player who can go out wide, drop deep, be a central outlet, whereas Holland really kind of occupies that center space and nothing else. So I think for him, he was kind of on an island tonight. Um, He didn't get great delivery. I think Palmer put a couple balls in his way, but a lot of it's on the players behind him. Um, But I think as the season goes on and as Holland's career with City goes on, um, the club's going to need to find a way to get him more involved in these higher stake games because, again, if he's not seeking out the ball, it's going to be hard to get it to him. Um, so that's kind of my overarching thought on Holland. And again, I think it's one of those, he has far more great days than he does days like today. So it's not a, a huge cause for concern, but it is something that I think needs to be addressed. So I, I want to get your thoughts on that before we talk about Phil, because I think the Holland one's a little more interesting in that. It, it again, I hate to use the term like it's a repeating thing because it sounds very dramatic, but it is something that I think warrants conversation at this point. So I, I do think a little too much gets made of his performance in quote unquote big games because there are so many games across the course of a season that he steps up in and he is the difference maker. Um, I think in one-off games like this, it is a little easier for teams to focus on him. I think in particular, Sevilla, who have played Holland quite frequently. Um, I, I can't remember the exact number of times, but I do know he has three hat tricks against Sevilla across like his previous games, right? Hmm. So he has scored a lot of goals against this team, but that also means they have played him a lot and know the positions he likes to take up. And I think a lot of this is just credit to Sevilla's defense. They did For an sure. incredible job of sticking together, marking him out, um, their midfield as well, uh, Lamella and Acampos, I felt like were just constantly um, tracking back. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously not the most fun thing to watch, but I do think a lot of 
what some might point to as City's struggles in this game is that Sevilla is a really, really good side on the defensive aspect. And so I do think, though, that means and shows that Holland does need to get better coming to the ball and involving himself off. But we're still talking about a player who has only worked with Pep for a year. Like and he's Everyone so else young. gets that year yeah. grace period, right? I think we're, we're, we are forgetting that in some ways because yeah. he had such a great goal output last year. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, I'm not worried about it. Um, teams are going to try to find ways to make Holland's life difficult. He's an incredible footballer, perhaps an incredible manager. They're going to figure it out. Phil, I think, had moments in this game that he still looked good. Um, the potential's there. I do think some of this is he's just not fully match sharp. And so right. once he gets a run of games, I think he's going to be in you know, fine form. And he's, I think, going to be the player that fills the gap in this team that KDB's injury will leave. But I, overall, I'm not worried about the performances because I just think that this is what we kind of always look like at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it, it's tricky in that City don't typically play in, in cup finals um, this early in the season, right? It's a little unorthodox. And because of it being this early in the season, everything gets amplified in terms of if you put in a 9 out of 10 performance today, it's going to be looked at as a 10 out of 10. If you put in a Four out of 10, it's really a three out of 10 because it's a cup final. So I think for Phil, I mean, let's not forget, he was out for a good chunk of the second half of last season um, with his, he got what his appendix removed and then was kind of shifted all around. It was a weird end to the season. I'm sure he was training heavily in the off season, but it's, you can't replicate anything like playing in an actual match show for him. I always thought it would be kind of a slower start to the season. And as much as we think he's the next option in midfield, which I'm one of those people. It's still going to take time. Um, he's not going to be putting in, you know, peak Kevin De Bruyne performances match in and match out. So I think we need to cut some slack there. Was it his best performance? No, but like we've touched upon already, Sofia are a very accomplished side um, with a lot of experience, and I think they set up really, really well today. So I'm not, um, I'm not looking into today's match and thinking, okay, Phil's, you know, Phil's played his way out of the side entirely. Do, you know. Does Pep think differently at the weekend? I don't know, but I'm not I'm not worried about you know what tonight told me. Yeah, absolutely. But turning to more positive performances, Cole Palmer, man of the match. Joe, I know you are a massive Cole Palmer <laughs> fanboy, so I will just uh, let you have your moment to uh, bask in the glory of the uh, Withenshaw warrior. Yeah. So. Uh, be, you know, before I get on my high horse here, because I have been a Cole Palmer fan for, for many years, I'm not going to try to pretend like it was a 10 out of 10 performance because he got man of the match tonight. It wasn't. There was, to me, this match perfectly um, showed us where Cole Palmer's at in his development and who he can, who he is at, as a player at this moment in time. There was plenty of times where he got the ball in good situations and lost it, where he didn't make that pass that, you know, maybe a more accomplished a Riyad Mahrez, a Bernardo Silva makes. But at the same time, as we saw so many times with his four to five successful dribbles, um, I think he had the second most chances created. He obviously had the goal. He's a player who, for me, is probably our most impactful winger in the current setup in terms of goals and assists. He's he, he, We saw what he did in the Community Shield. I mean, that's a, a 10 out of 10 goal. You can't ask for anything better. Today was something a little bit different, arriving at the back post, header across goal, which I think people are giving him his his flowers for the fact that, hey, it's great that you scored. That's a really good header to go over Bono into the far net. 
I, th- I just thought it was a brilliant finish. But overall, you know, there's a lot of talk about Cole right now and his future. And Pep even said in the post-match presser that if he leaves, he's leaving on a permanent deal. It's not, it's not going to be on a loan. And if he stays, to me, it sounds like his future is at City. So it sounds like it's in his hands for me. I just think that he's one of those players that is so different from anything that we have in the squad right now. And obviously there's links to Jeremy Doku, who I also think has a, a bright future, but he's very, very raw as well. He has more senior experience, albeit in a lesser league, but Cole's been in the city setup for, I mean, his whole life. Um, and I just think that he's one of those players that if we let him go, especially with how thin we are out wide and in the kind of goal creation and goal contribution department, we'll regret that more than we did a deal like a, a Romeo Lavia um, or even letting, you know, a McAtee go on loan last season. So I rate him really highly. I hope that he sticks around. Um, I hope that fans give him a, a bit of patience that if he does stick around again, you can't expect him to be putting in man out of the match performances night in and night out, but he's capable of what we saw tonight. And I think his ceilings, you know, very, very high under Pep. Yeah, I, I think he has a really high ceiling. I think if he is willing to stick around, I'm super stoked for that. I do think that based on the transfer news we're seeing come out of City, that may be slightly motivating his desire to leave because I think he's ready to get consistent senior minutes, and I think he is deserving of that. I don't know that he's at the level where he can expect or demand that in a team like City because really no one can outside of guys like Rodri, Holland, Diash, Ederson, and like even Ederson has competition. Right. Um, but I do think that if he leaves, it will be on a deal where there is a buyback or, you know, if he explodes, he will come back to city and it will not be a problem because I don't think there's any bad blood. And I think it's something where it's about what is best for his development at this point, because he probably did see what McAtee did last season and goes, I'm at least at that level. And he, I think right. he is. I I need that experience and that time to develop who I am as a player. He, um, he can't do another season like he did last year, minutes wise. I mean, he's going to be twenty two this year. Um, yeah, he, yeah. It's 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 time to either stick around and, and get meaningful minutes and bank on himself, or unfortunately, you know, go find a permanent role. And there's going to be plenty, plenty of suitors out there for him. So. Absolutely. And his performance tonight certainly will not have hurt. And we will return in part two in a moment to talk about the other outstanding performance tonight. The NFL is here and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you haven't already, please take the time to rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen to. 
The ratings and reviews really do help boost us up the charts, allow other blues to find us. Um, and if you also want to help other blues find us, share us on social media and follow us on social media. We are at City Report Pod across all platforms, and we look forward to engaging you or engaging with you there. Now, Joe, before the break, I teased we were going to talk about the other outstanding performance. And it's not just an outstanding performance tonight. Uh, I frankly don't think this man has put in a bad performance for City in years. Uh, in my opinion, he's the best midfielder in the world, and that is Rodri. He, <laughs> I'm not, I have nothing to disagree with there. I think right now on current form in the last year, he's the best midfielder in the world. I think if he plays any other position but defensive midfield, he's probably in the top three of the Ballon d'Or. Um, to me, he's, we've always talked about Rodri in the last couple of years of like, you can't replace Rodri. Um, he's so impactful. You know, the sixth position under Pep is so important. And we all know that, but for him to be hitting the levels that he's hitting and seemingly getting better week after week is just fascinating, especially when you look at the current market for players in that position in particular. I mean, just to go over his numbers a little bit tonight, obviously had the assist for Cole Palmer's um, equalizer. He had the most chances created in the entire match with five. Again, that's your defensive midfielder. Um, successful dribbles was 100%. Um, accurate long balls, five of six. Aerial duels won six of six. Ground duels won six of eight. I mean, he's doing the dirty side of things kind of under the radar, but it seems like we're kind of expecting it. But now it seems like, and I think we'll see a lot more of it this season, he's evolving into much more of a creator, a deep-lying playmaker. I think he's obviously not necessarily the box-to-box setup, but I think he's taking on a lot of kind of that deep-lying playmaking that Yaya Torre had for City, um, especially those kind of, you know, curlers over the top, like we saw to a Cole Palmer. We know how well he can strike a ball as well. So I think we're in a, in a point where, it, provided he stays healthy, I, I would not be surprised at all if he has over 20 goal contributions at the end of the season in all competitions. I just, I, I think he's getting better and better. Um, ideally, he gets a bit of rest here and there, but when he plays, um, you know, at worst, at worst, he's a 7.5 out of 10. He's just an incredible player. Um, City are really lucky to have him. And, and I think you and I are in agreement. He's, he's the best midfielder in the world right now. Yeah. And he, I mean, if you just think of the moments he has had for City, Right. Um, he scored the winner in, in the Carabao Cup final a couple seasons ago, scores the equalizer and comeback against Villa with the title on the line and all that pressure. And I mean, just passes the ball to the net like it was nothing. <laughs> Tucked in. Not just like, oh, I scored a goal. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, scores the winner in the Champions League final, has the assist for Cole's goal tonight. I mean, he is just such a big moments player. The pressure does not get to him. I, I He may be Pep's ideal midfielder. And not just, oh, my ideal defensive midfielder, but just his ideal midfielder all around. I, th- I think um, if you asked Pep, and I'm curious if you agree with this, if you asked Pep right now, ugh, granted, no, he'd probably say Bernardo, but I was going to say, if you had to build a midfield three of the same player, like you clone him twice, who would he pick? I mean, knowing Pep in the teacher's pet thing, he'd probably pick Bernardo, but I think there's a real case for picking Rodri. I do think that he may be, he may be tempted into picking Bernardo, although I will say... I think that Pep has evolved on how he views physicality. And For we've sure. seen that over the past 18 months with the types of signings that he has made. And I do wonder if now he understands how important and useful it is to not only have skilled players, but skilled players who are 
strong and fast and tall. And so really, I mean, I would go with Rob. If you were going to make me clone three or clone our, one of our midfielders so that there were three of them to build a midfield, it would be Rodri all the right. time. Right. Actually, I mean, it, it would be John. It would be John Stones. But <laughs> you ju- you just do that to look at John three times. But yeah, yeah. That's but bad. is he a midfield? But is he a midfielder? Is he a defender? Like it's a right. whole thing. Like I know Pep inv- invented the false five, but like it's <laughs> it's still confusing. Yeah. Um. But speaking of false fives, Jasko Gavardiol gets his full debut tonight. Obviously, we did see him against Burnley, and you know he looked fine. Um. But wasn't like he exactly got tons of minutes that we could decide how good of a player he is. Um, What are your thoughts having seen him with a full, you know, match under his belt? Yeah, I I think it was pretty much what I expected in that there was a couple moments where you could tell he was getting used to his positioning, getting caught out a little bit. Um, I think we're going to see throughout the season, there's going to be a couple moments where we get a little bit frustrated with him defensively making, um, you know, some brash tackles, which is funny because when I think back to actually when Ruben Diaz signed, same thing was said, right? He was a very aggressive defender, um, can can make rash tackles, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously we've seen how he's turned out to be and, and his composure and everything. So I think it'll improve over time. But I think the biggest thing that I took out of it was, and this isn't a knock on Ake, but I just think Vardiol is going to be such an upgrade at that left-sided center back left back position that he played tonight in terms of going forward. Um, he, for city tonight, he had the second most chances created. You can just tell how comfortable he is on the ball, delivering the ball into the box, linking up with his left winger, who obviously more often than not will be with Jack. I like that Kovacic plays in that left side at eight roll too, to have that connection. So I hope at least for this season that an ideal back four will have him on that, again, left back, pseudo left back position. I'm not sure that Pep's going to trust him in the role that Ake played tonight for a bit. Um, and I think that that's okay. It's 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 going to take time, but he has the ability going forward and obviously enough defensive prowess that you can put him in that outside position. You're going to get another attacking element that I think we saw tonight, City are going to need, and he's only going to get better game on game. So I, I was really happy with it. Again, we have to keep things relative, right? He He's played all of what? 110 minutes for the club now across two different competitions. So um, I, I was really pleased. What did, what did you think of his performance? I thought it was exactly what you would expect out of someone's first performance in a Pep Guardiola team. He showed a lot of promise. There were moments where clearly he didn't exactly do what we would maybe expect Ake to do there. Um, just with Ake having had more practice, but I do think you're right. The tool set that Gavardiol has, and this is not a knock on Ake at all. I think just Gavardiol is much better suited to play as a left back or a left center back in City's weird combination lineup um, in terms of the offensive side of that. I do think, I mean, Ake is the better defender. uh, Although, I thought Ake was going to score that header at the end. And I do think that it maybe one. Yeah, I think that is the one area offensively that he is better than Gavardiol from everything I've seen is that Ake is more of an offensive threat on set pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that Ake is a really good central defender and I don't mind him in the position he was in tonight. But I do think that 
him and Akanji is a bit of an issue. Um, but hopefully one of Stones or Diaz will be back for the weekend. Um, Stones was on the sideline, but no reason to risk him for this. Diaz hopefully is out of the concussion protocol. I, th- I think they said um, tonight that they'll both be available this week. And I think Jack on may have said that. So perfect. That is excellent news because that's, that was really my only complaint about the way the defense kind of functioned tonight. But yeah, for a, his first time out, you barely noticed that like, it wasn't like he had glaring mistakes. It was just little things right. where it was like, Oh, that'll get ironed out um, in the coming days. But yeah, I mean, He's 21 years old, and he already looks just like he looks like he fits in the side the same way Kovacic just looks like he fit in the side, um, which is great news because we are going to need those guys to hit the ground running. For sure, we got a lot of games to win, and you know we've already won our first trophy of the season, so that's great. Uh, you know, we got a Club World Cup coming up; we can win another trophy the club's never won before, and we got uh, four other titles <laughs> on the line that we can fight for still. So we could still win. Uh, I mean, we lost the Community Shield, but we could still win, what is that, five more trophies? The sextuple? Is that what it is? Yeah, the sextuple. And uh, (laughs) you you know who did not win the Super Cup when they won the treble? Manchester United. Ooh, tough luck. Tough luck. And and with that, I think that's a a good place to uh, wrap up, Joe, because what better way to uh, wrap up this podcast than uh, winning a trophy and making fun of United? I can't think of a better way. I love it. So I uh, hope you enjoyed that. We'll be back tomorrow with a preview for the Newcastle match. I'm Andrew Detmer. He's been Joe Ritchie. Enjoy your day. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 